This podcast is a project of the Mass Cultural Council. We believe in the power of culture, the arts, humanities, and sciences to enrich communities, advance equity, and foster creativity. Don't just measure the easy number kind of stuff because you'll lose the real story of whether you were successful. So get the stories, get the feedback, get the quotes. Hi, I'm Anita Walker at the Mass Cultural Council, and welcome to Creative Minds Out Loud. Our guest today is Sue Darling Sullivan. She is the Chief Strategic Officer at the Box Center, and welcome to our program. Thanks for having me. We are here to talk about a topic that is so exciting and so much fun that I know that it, in boardrooms and executive teams and cultural organizations across Massachusetts, everyone is just saying, I can't wait until we do our next strategic plan. I know. (laughs) And yet, I get very excited about it. (laughs) Well, that's why you're here. Um, And it's actually, it's so critical to our organizations. It's required by most, if not every single funder. And yet, it's one of those things that is, is almost like, going to the dentist (laughs) is something we have to do, but we don't look forward to it. Why do you love strategic planning, Sue? You know, it really is a great way to engage people. I'm as much of a fan about the process as the outcome. I think it can open up a lot of discussion in non-threatening ways, the way, depending on how it's managed. But, and then the end product is a nice, clear, hopefully, roadmap and creates focus and, you know, really gets everybody on the same page. So I love the planning part, but I also love the implementation part because otherwise, why? Why did we do why it? Why do it? Yeah. And everybody talks about the dusty strategic plans that, you know, sit on the shelf, um, but they really are, they are your roadmap. They're your ways. Right, right. And and strategic planning has, I think, changed in today's world. So those long, even though there are many people who do very in-depth, long, thoughtful strategic plans that are books that sit there. But I personally am more of a fan and have used successfully a framework called the Balanced Scorecard, which for many years has been sort of a cornerstone of Fortune 500 businesses planning. There are books and books and books, and if you Google Balance Scorecard, you'll find more than you could possibly read. It's a a theory that came out of Harvard Business School. And related to the Balance Scorecard are things called strategy maps, of which I am a a really big fan, because it's a one-page diagram that actually synthesizes everything in your plan into a picture. What, what better kind of strategic planning process for arts organizations do you need than a visual one-page piece of strategic art? Well, let's show our listeners one. Oh, I guess we're on a <laughs> podcast. That's not going to be possible. But you can give us a word picture of what one might see on one of those diagrams. So again, um, for all of you listening, you can Google strategy maps, but you would find, interestingly, on the nonprofit strategy map, you would have mission and vision at the top. On a for-profit, you would have profit right um, there. The sort of balance scorecard concept says there's four different areas that you need to look at that are all linked, and it's very cause and effect. The first being customers, 
the second being internal processes, the second, or third being learning and growth or resources, and the fourth being financial. And all four of those perspectives feed into success in realizing your mission and vision. There's some standard areas that you might see in, um, say, resources, learning, and growth. Like, I, there's always something about nonprofit boards and staff and, you know, information technology and things like that. Sort of boilerplate, but it's important to have on your map, right? Because all of that is really important to organizational success um, in satisfying your customers and achieving your vision and mission. So they can be very colorful, they can be very simple, but it really is a one-page sort of reference to tell your story. And why, say if you're fundraising, why do you need to raise money? Because then you can invest in the resources to deliver the programs, to satisfy your customers, and achieve your mission and vision. Very logical, very simple. And straightforward. Talk a little bit about the process of getting to your end game diagram. How long, how many meetings, how many surveys, how many focus groups, how many, some of these strategic planning processes take a great deal of time and in fact, a great deal of um, human capacity on the part of our organizations. I think it's different with every organization and it depends on how big the strategic question is, right? Are you going to revamp everything? Are you just trying to tweak and get, you know, on a better road? Are you looking at initiatives? So sometimes it can be a year long and you want to bring in outsiders and all the rest. Other times it can be pretty quick and painless. You know, I'm a, a big proponent of bringing in multiple voices, but it doesn't always have to be lots of surveys and stuff. I I think it's important to have staff involved in conversations as well as board. And sometimes if you're doing a big, you know, sort of framework foundation strategic plan, yeah, you should bring in your funders and all that kind of thing. But if you're tweaking it or revisiting it, and I think it's important to revisit every two to three years because in today's time, things change dramatically. And in fact, you should look at it every year and make changes accordingly. It may be that you're measuring different things based on what you've learned um, the year before. In addition to sort of the plan, which is the balance scorecard, and the map, which is how you um, interpret it, the third part is the dashboard. So, and I always urge people don't get too far down deep in the weeds. Pick your top 10 big picture stuff, create a couple of metrics that are symbolic because you should be measuring lots of things. And of course, you know, financials are one place where you're going to be measuring lots of things. But, you know, if you want to be measuring things like, do you want more new ticket buyers or do you want to build your board? Do you want to fund an initiative? Do um, you want to expand your reach? You should be thinking about what are some symbolic, what would success look like? And how would it, how would you define it? Sometimes it's numbers, you know, it could be dollars, it could be percents, it could be gross numbers. It could be, on the other hand, something like launched a, a new thing. We did the be, thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, the fact that you got to it or complete phase one of research or 
how many new collaborators did you get? Kind so of part thing. of it is knowing the questions to ask. Yep. And sometimes, you know, uh, and I've done this myself, ask the wrong questions, you know. And so that's why you have to be pretty flexible to say, you know, this was not the right question. This isn't the right metric. So moving forward, we're going to change it. I really believe that you have to be flexible in strategic planning because things do change. And it's not a perfect, it's an art as much as a science. So why do you think so many organizations are intimidated by it? You know, I don't, I don't know. I think maybe because they go in thinking it's going to be this huge, onerous kind of process. You know, recently, I, because I've been doing Balance Scorecard for a long time, I did it when I was at Boston Lyric Opera years ago, and it became still one of the uh, most popular case studies on how nonprofit strategy happens. At the Box Center, uh, Dartmouth, the tech school, did a case study on it. But those were organizational sort of stories. And I wanted to see if I could do one for a program. So I did one for Art Week two years ago when it went statewide. Mm -hmm. I'm like, this doesn't have to be an organizational process. But Art Week was big enough and had enough meat in my mind that I could do a strategy map for it. So last year, I did a strategy map for it. I did a dashboard, and I put some, you know, some big objectives there, some big things. I was like, I don't know. We'll see if this happens. But it does help you focus. It helps you sort of say yes or no to some paths that might be possible. I found it really, really helpful to guide myself, my team, to inform the senior management team I work so closely with, and the board on framing the story. And so we're continuing to use it. Give that as a specific example. What are some of the big goals that you put on your uh, strategy map? What did you take a look at and think about using this approach in your strategic plan? So um, for Art Week, we we looked at the dashboard on building partners, on building knowledge sharing. So that resulted in the creation of the eight case studies that we just unveiled. We looked at a shift to working not just event by event, but looking at more community and cross-community, trying to nurture those kinds of relationships, so regions. And we're seeing some of that also successfully be realized um, this year. So like the Cape Ann community is working together. The Berkshires are working together. We're trying to better um, engage and help our communities engage their elected officials, both at a really local level, but also at the state house. So those are just a couple of examples. Years ago, when we did our first uh, balance scorecard, one of the big things that was realized was when I was at Boston Lyric Opera, and this is, I'm dating myself, 2002, we did Carmen on the Common, which was a large, you know, scale, was it going to be an outdoor performance of uh, Carmen on the Boston Common? Um, And we had very modest expectations, but it was on our balance scorecard. And so, you know, the board understood what kind of resources were going into it. The staff understood. Everybody was able to get behind it because they understood it was going to be an important initiative for the company celebrating its 25th anniversary. But it 
wildly exceeded expectations with 140,000 people over two days. But that's because we defined it. We knew how it impacted the rest of the strategy for the um, organization, the part it played in looking at where the organization had come and where the organization wanted to go. So it's another great tangible example of how being focused and how strategy can help you focus and hopefully realize success. And it also helps you know when you have achieved success because if you had to find it in the first place, how do you know that you got there? Lots of times I know in our field, uh, we tend to be more qualitative and less quantitative and numbers can just be somewhat intimidating. Um, But they also can tell you when you're doing well and when you're on the right track. Right, right. And as I said, it's. It, I think people are, I think the creative part is figuring out a bunch of different metrics. So for instance, somebody may say, we want to be better known in the community. So how do you measure that, right? Or you? I bet that is impact. a common one. Yeah, it is. People do everything from more press or online mentions um, in a positive way. Education, we've um, done a lot, and it's really helped define a lot of how the Box Center's education programs were created and how they've grown and succeeded, too, because... They had very clear sort of what are we measuring, what are we hoping, but not, yes, we wanted to measure some traditional numbers, but we also collect things like um, quotes and feedback and stories. So I always tell people, don't just measure the easy number kind of stuff because you'll lose the real story of whether you were successful. So get the stories, get the feedback, get the quotes, um, and follow it, too, um, so you can see trends, because you want to make sure you're not a one-hit wonder. So, Sue, your enthusiasm around strategic planning is is just (laughs) coming through the microphone. I know I'm a nerd, a strategy nerd. (laughs) And a lot of our listeners are right with you. Um, But the program is called Balanced Scorecard. If you'd like to know more, there's... As you said, lots of information, just Google it, right? But we'll have some on our website to go with this um, interview. Yep, definitely. Sue Darling-Sullivan, Chief Strategic Officer at the Box Center and another one of our creative minds out loud. Thank you. To learn more about this episode and to subscribe, visit creativemindsoutloud.org.